Don't call it a comeback. Y'all, welcome back to The Pleasure Pod, your favorite black feminist podcast that dives into everything feel good and feel better. On today's episode, we're diving into some announcements, getting into some updates I have about my life in isolation. And then we're going to get into an amazing discussion. I'm jumping into some critique of everyone's favorite hit maker, Drake. Um, the man, the myth, the legend. I'm getting the conversation started by talking about Drake and how he's stopping his own pleasure and how he gives us pleasure through music. But we really need to interrogate what he's saying, what the content is, and what we're receiving when we listen. So let's jump into this intro so we can get into this feel-good podcast moment. All right? Catch y'all after. Hey y'all, like I said, welcome back. The pod is back. The Pleasure Pod, your favorite black feminist podcast with me, black feminist scholar Brie Reed, daughter of Baltimore, Maryland, and the daughter of black women who always taught me to put pleasure, my own, and my communities first, foremost, and always. We're back in the studio. We're back making magic. I don't know if you can hear how excited I am to be back in front of a microphone But truly, I missed it. I missed having a space to talk about books, to talk about community, to talk about pleasure. And being here in community with all of you as you're listening, I'm sending you so many well wishes. I'm sending you so much love, so much joy, so much pleasure, (laughs) just like feelings of pleasure and pleasurable energy out to you wherever you are. I hope that you find something joyful. I hope that you play with your puppy if you have one, take a walk, see kids playing in the neighborhood, really just find the little pieces of joy and the big pieces of joy where we can get them these days because the ancestors are tired, we're tired, and it's hard out here. With that being said, I'm so excited again that the pod is back, and I'm so, so excited to be dropping these Black Feminist Gems with you. So first order of business is that podcast episodes will drop bi-weekly on Fridays, so look out for new episodes coming to you every two weeks. Um, and I'm so excited to do that, get this up on platforms for you all to hear my thoughts, what I'm engaging with, what am I reading, what am I thinking about, and bringing it all ways back. And always bringing it back to the politics of pleasure and what that means for us in this space. With everything, um, this labor isn't free. I'm buying these books. I'm creating this content. I'm buying the software, the microphone. So if you are able and willing, please tap in and engage with my work, especially on my Patreon, which is where I'll be putting up extended content. You heard me. Extended content so if you really want to get into black feminist scholarship reading guides and that kind of engagement hit me up on patreon www.patreon.com slash breed that's b-r-y-r-e-e-d at patreon.com if you can't commit to the monthly donations from patreon you can hit me up on venmo and cash app for cash app is dollar sign b-r-y-r so that's my first name brie and then r and on venmo it's brie reed so at b-r-y-r-e-e-d on venmo and that's how you can tap in with me keep connected to me um send me some love in the form of um that that's that monetary energy 
um, that keeps this thing going because we got to keep the lights on, the Wi-Fi on, the audio interface on. So thank you to everyone who has already donated to me, already supports my Patreon content. I see y'all. I hear you. Casey, Yara, thank you. Thank you so much. Kat, my mommy, <laughs> thank you so much for engaging with my Patreon and tapping in over there. And you too can join the Patreon gang. Like I said, patreon.com slash breed because that's a part of this politic right because you're checking out my content hopefully you're learning things from me you're engaging with me and I'm a black woman creating content and all of this goodness especially in a pandemic which is important to note that black women queer folk houseless people are going to be just so 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 impacted by all of this we're going to lose jobs be displaced be forgotten in a lot of different senses by jobs by administration um by the government so if it's not me please try to support another black woman out here from small businesses to content creators to teachers doctors nurses healthcare professionals my mom works for a healthcare company and they're really feeling it too with all the calls to process different payments and things so please just keep black women lifted up especially black queer women black trans women houseless black women that you see who are in need please try to do that work and engage with community where you're able Another note, another announcement that I'm happy to make is that as I'm transitioning from my undergraduate career, I graduate on Sunday and transition into being a postgrad who's going into grad school. Content creation is going to be my main source of income for these next two months. So I'm doing a few freelancing things and I'll be sure to link y'all to those articles and different talks that I'm doing with some incredible black women that we have lined up this summer as it becomes available and also letting you know that I'm available to be booked for class visits if you're doing a summer program that's online and you need some great content surrounding black feminism, gender, sexuality, black history, black literature, tap in with me. I can do job trainings, lectures. I give bomb lectures if I do say so myself about pleasure in all of its forms because the conversation that I'm really trying to have is about feeling good and how feeling good is critical to community building and because when we feel good we do good and when we know better we do better so that's what I'm all about that's the point of the pleasure pod it's not about explicitly sex and sexuality it's about feeling good and feeling better and how can we have these conversations about how to feel good and how to feel better in a time when it seems like we're all out here searching for joy. So make sure to tap in with me. You can book with me. Hit me up in my Instagram DMs, my email if you have it. Everything's on my website, um, breread.com, so you can get in touch with me there to do some official business things. And so with that, let's head into this great content as we talk about Drake. So this week, we're talking about Drake, and specifically, I want to have a conversation surrounding who Drake is, who we expect Drake to be, and why nobody is holding Drake accountable. So for everybody unconcerned or just not really tapping into pop culture like that, Drake dropped some music recently with his latest release, Darkland Demo Tapes. And the music journalist streets really dove into their bag on this one and really got critical about what this tape means for Drake in 2020 as an artist who really jumped onto the scene in 2009 was so far gone. How have we seen Drake, 
how have we seen Drake grow or not grow? How is he the same? How is he different? And I really appreciated a lot of the discourse that music journalists and other um, writers were really pinning about him this past week. But in particular, a piece that got a lot of attention and that I really appreciated was from my dog, David Dennis Jr. Um, He wrote a piece for Level, a medium publication entitled, Outgrowing Drake is the Generation Gap We Didn't Predict. And he really prompts us to consider how Drake's audience has changed or not over the years and who Drake makes music for and Dennis really sets it up as this parallel because he was 22 in 2009 and really felt like Drake was an artist who was going to grow with him and go through life with him because Drake was an artist talking about wanting a family and a wife and just to settle down amidst all the craziness of being 20 something and with that framing Dennis really prompts a whole lot of questions about is Drake doing that what growth have we seen from Drake and his music And is it on us to expect Drake to create a certain type of art? And I say no. And that's where this conversation really starts for me is that Drake is who has always been. And our engagement with him really isn't going to change that too much as a musical audience. And it really takes somebody to engage with Drake on an interpersonal level to really get into what's going on with him. Because Drake has always been an artist who makes music about intimacy and yearning for intimacy, but he also makes these really energetic bops, right? So we get things like, um, ooh, what was that song? We all dance to it, summer, hit, bop. Y'all are probably like, what? (laughs) The song, oh, it really just like blank escaped my mind, y'all. Okay, I had to go look at my phone and find it. Nice for what? Oh my God, I just had a whole brain fart. But he has hits like that, like Nice for What, which are very energetic. But he also has full albums of deeply emotional, deeply personal songs that resonate with so many of his audience, so many of his listeners. And that's what really is iconic about Drake in a lot of senses, the way that Drake is able to navigate genre and navigate the radio, but also navigate deeply personal stories of growing up with his mom and and longing for his dad and trying to change his own generational tide by being a father, a devoted husband, and wanting to create life with a partner. And in all of these different musical conversations about Drake, something that kept coming up in this conversation was the critique that Drake is stuck in a state of teenage boyhood. And when I saw that first, I was like, hmm. But then as I thought deeper about it, I was like, I don't think that's the conversation we need to be having. I don't think the conversation is about why won't Drake grow up? Because The fact is, Drake is grown. He's a grown man. We've all now seen his house thanks to the internet. We've seen his Birkin bag collection. We've seen all of his different homages to his fellow Scorpios with October's very own. Drake is a grown man. And I think with that, that's the conversation we need to have. Not the Jay-Z comparisons. Not is Drake going to be a legend? What music will make him legendary? But honestly, having the conversation about where Drake is at right now not thinking about where we want him to go in terms of his music, but really taking stock of where Drake is, the music that Drake has already given us, and really listening to what that man is already saying because he is telling us exactly what we need to know. (laughs) And we have to take him at face value in that sense. And I don't fault Drake in a way 
for continuing to make music that we're all receiving and not really being critical of because I think if we get critical about Drake's music we can have an honest conversation about how Drake makes patriarchy bops like that's just the fact Drake makes beautiful music that has the constant theme of patriarchy and misogyny and so if we're making that Jay-Z comparison I agree the ways that most black men most men period in music make songs that thrive off of the violences against women whether that be emotional or physical or monetary thinking about the ways that men leverage their economic position in life to degrade women particularly the ways that drake has had a rocky at best relationship with sex workers and how he tried to hang up their jerseys for them some against their permission and thinking about taking them out of the game as a mark of moral superiority and that's the conversation we need to have about drake drake is a grown man with a superiority complex and a deep investment in patriarchy it's all about patriarchy and with that i always like to give reading suggestions and for this episode i really want to dive into understanding patriarchy from bell hooks and how bell hooks has always been one black feminist who tells us that patriarchy knows no gender and she gets a lot of flack for that statement but the truth is that so many of us have a conception of feminism even black feminism that is tied to gender when these things are about systems and those systems connect to our lived experiences but they're not inherently gendered i can be a woman a cis black woman if we're going to name all of the things and be deeply invested in patriarchy. I listen to music that's patriarchal. Some people would say that's the that's where the buck stops with them, right? I listen to trap music. I love trap music. If you know me, Meek Mill and me, we could talk about some things because Dreams and Nightmares, I would say, is the best song I've ever heard in my natural born life. Okay, not not the best song, but y'all know how I get when it comes on, right? So thinking about the ways that we all in some ways are invested in the system of patriarch in the system of patriarchy, excuse me, and how that comes across in Drake's music. But I've been looking critically at Drake's music for about three years. And last year in particular, I wrote an essay for my gender communication class about Jaded and the ways that Jaded navigates the space of R and B and rap, tries to transcend genre, but is still deeply invested and the patriarchal violence of language that makes Drake so iconic to so many. Because in that song, he's talking about his experiences with an ex-girlfriend and how she's moved on to a new partner, and Drake is jaded. He puts it out there, plain English, and he tells us over and over again in the hook, he's jaded, he's hurt, he's emotional, and through that, he gives us some deeply hurtful lines in which he's talking about his ex and their relationship and her new partner in some very degrading ways and I think these are the songs we need to take a deeper look at when we have conversations about Drake and where his music is and where his music is going because to be honest I think Drake has always told us who he is what he wants to do in the music industry and it's up to us to really understand that that's who he is at face value And I think Bell Hooks really gives us the tools to understand that, but also understanding how Drake is his own worst enemy. And that's the argument that I would like to make, because year after year, project after project, we get these Drake songs that are yearning for deep emotional intimacy. He's yearning for someone to understand him, for someone to understand his traumas with him, for someone to really make a home with him. 
And that's what we feel deeply when we listen to Drake a lot of the times is that deep need for emotional connection that makes Drake so appealing. But if we look at and deeply understand patriarchy, we know that Drake is his own worst enemy in that because a lot of his emotional suppression comes from the ways that he has been taught, like so many other cis men, that patriarchy doesn't impact them. But this music is, in fact, an example of the ways that patriarchy is impacting him because he's been taught for so long to suppress his emotions, to treat women as commodities, to use people and go through the Rolodex in his phone whenever he's in a certain city instead of being invested in deep understandings of self and of others. And I think that's where we have the conversation about Drake. It's not about age. It's not about maturity, because with age and maturity do not come inherent understandings of patriarchy. We have grown men and elected offices in who have no conception of the ways that patriarchy is violence. And so shifting this conversation away from just discussions of age and maturity, we need to talk about how Drake is invested in misogyny and patriarchy and violence against black women and have that conversation. Because you can be a grown man and still be a grown-ass mess. And that's what Drake is, a grown man who is a grown-ass mess. And when we talk about that, when we have that conversation, I think we can get Drake some help (laughs) to lean on the boondocks and referencing another artist. If you feel for Drake, if you want better for Drake, get Drake a therapist. Get Drake somebody to talk to about his problems. Tell Drake to book me for a training around patriarchy and language and the ways that we can begin to unpack and undo that violence and get him some help. Because I honestly think that Drake does want the emotional intimacy that he talks about in his music. And I think so many people of all genders who listen to Drake who listen to Drake and connect with him on that level are also yearning for emotional intimacy. But we need to unpack the ways that these structures, these big structures in our lives teach us things about how we relate to each other interpersonally because patriarchy is a giant structure but it definitely shows up in our lives when drake talks about calling women and now they've moved on and how he feels jaded and hurt by that he's talking about the ways he feels left behind but he's also giving a message that like you can just go through different women in your phone and call them up and see who answers and that's not the point like and so i think the message that I want to leave us with and leave us to marinate on in this first episode is thinking about the ways that we are invested in patriarchy and how for all of us does that impact the ways that we relate to each other how does that keep us from sustaining emotional connections with each other and how can we do better how can we not be like Drake and really take stock of who we're invested in and what conversations we're having and what messages we're putting out there to each other because when we have that conversation we can have deeper meaningful intimate emotional connections with our friends with each other with our families and that's what I want for all of us and I also want that for Drake I really want Drake to get some help (laughs) like because I think that could be so powerful like if we see Drake go on a deeply intimate emotional health journey um thinking about how he has so many resources like if he just got rid of one of them Birkin bags he could get himself a thorough mental health emotional health care team and really be out here talking about a new wave of spiritual awakening of emotional awakening so I really want us to go out journal think have these conversations with each other with our friends I know I have these conversations all the time about what emotional connections are we looking for and how are we going to get there Let me know your thoughts on Dark Lane Demo Tapes. Have you read David Dennis's piece? 
do you think Drake needs to grow up or did this conversation spark a new understanding of who he is and the ways that it's not about age it's about the conversations we have and what we're learning this is the pleasure pod I'm so excited to discuss all things pleasure with you throughout this year and throughout these next few years I can't wait to keep creating this content and if you take a look over on my Instagram at the Bree T-H-E-B-R-Y-R-E-E-D. I have a surprise giveaway going on for this first episode. So if you made it this far, head over there and figure out how you can win. Sending y'all so much love. Again, this is about feeling good and how by feeling good, we can all feel a little bit better. Mwah.